Hey everyone, this is the 215 Seamer Podcast. I am Austin Cast, your co-host. I'm here with Dylan Campbell and Connor Doherty. Today we have a lot of talk about in the MLB world. We have predictions for the NL East for the upcoming months. So this is now the year baseball will be played, as well as bullpen issues and what can be done to fix by any effort. And we will also talk about the big news about the new MLB lockout hosted by Jeff Pius. And sorry for my stutter. I just kind of almost hate my tongue. My gosh, that was actually the scariest moment of my life. I was talking and I was like, why is my tongue going behind my mouth? And it just didn't stop. Sorry for being a little graphic. I uh, just wanted to ask so how everyone's week was since we last talked. So how was yeah, your week? I, it was good. You know, I can't complain. Aside from the little beatdown by the Cowboys on Saturday night, everything went pretty smoothly. I, I, I agree. I was there, yeah. You were there? I was there. Yeah, I wasn't inside the stadium, but uh, we, uh, me and a couple of my buddies, took the train down and into the city, and then, you know, you could probably yeah. guess what we were, uh, what we were doing Absolutely. outside the stadium. Yeah, um, hands, yeah. It was freezing cold, guys. Probably Brutal. one of the coldest, coldest nights I've ever been outside. Though we left before halftime because it was so cold. Mm. Like, we had hand warmers in our pockets and everything. Um, just absolutely freezing out. Still fun, though. And it was – I was keeping up the, with the game on Twitter and uh, saw Dak through for five touchdowns against the – like, I can't even <laughs> name the guys that the Eagles are throwing out there on the field. Uh-huh. Don't matter, though. Go Birds. Oh, yeah, go Birds, go birds. definitely. I, I'm really excited for the, this upcoming week. I think the Eagles are going to win. I think they're going to beat the Buccaneers. I know this is a Philadelphia Phillies podcast, but let me tell you, I really think the Eagles got a shot even to beat the Packers. I don't want to talk about it because I don't want people to be like, what are you talking about? This is baseball, not football, but I'm just saying that. And not to mention Tom McCartney, Philadelphia Phillies announcer, will mm-hmm. be on Westwood Radio. Yeah. On- doing the play-by-play for the Tampa Bay game because he does do the Tampa Bay games, which means he will be trying to root for the Eagles kind of while having to do his job. I feel so so bad for him. And if I remember correctly, he's always been an Eagles fan, so it must be really rough. Dylan, what about you? Yeah, I think we have a real shot. You know, uh, you don't want to cut Philly in the playoffs uh, with momentum on their side. And I know Saturday was a loss, but we weren't really playing our guys. And Tampa's looked weak, and they've looked uh, – Valuable, you know. I think we can get something going with the running attack, and if you don't get going early on, we should be good to go. I agree with you, man. I really do. I think our running game is so much better than where they were at the Bucks and mm-hmm. such. And you know what? I'm gonna and I'm just glad that the Eagles were able to actually work on the easiest schedule, unlike the Philadelphia Phillies, which broke my heart this year when we couldn't beat. Oh my god, the Orioles! Don't even talk about it. I could hear you Next. say. It. All right, all right. Yeah, that's Orioles, the, the Diamondbacks. All right, if that's up the case, then Connor, you are up. The, you're first up to bat in the ninth inning. Connor, what do you got for us today? Uh, so I'm gonna start talking about the my predictions for how the NL East is gonna shape up in 2022. Nice little voice crack to get us started. Um, before I place my teams, I'm gonna say that I have the Phillies finishing third, mm. which. Mm. I fair I feel like is a is a fair spot. Um, it, it's sad, but it's a fair spot. Yeah. Obviously, I have the Braves first, defending champs. They're getting Acuna back. Uh, I would assume that they would get Freeman back. I don't. I haven't heard anything. Maybe Toronto or 
the Yankees, but I don't, I don't think he would leave. If he does leave, I do think he would stay on the East Coast. Um, like I said, they're going to get Acuna back. I think he's the most underrated player in baseball. Uh, I think he's better than Judge. I think he's hmm. – I don't want to say he's better than Harper, but I, I think they're both right there. Um, Dansby Swanson has a lot to prove. He, I think he's in his walk here. Um, if he plays uh, a solid first half of the year, um, he could get locked up. I know they have Acuna on a extremely team-friendly friendly contract for the next – I don't even know how many, like eight to ten years. They have Albies on a similar contract. Yeah, it's just – it's unbelievable. Um, like they're going to be paying their two maybe best players in a few years' time, like a combined $20 million. I mean, that's – the front office is amazing. Um, they scout extremely well. Their farm system is still – it's not as strong as what it was a few years ago, obviously. But, I mean, they're reaping the rewards of it. They've already got a ring. Um, and I think Austin Riley's an extremely underrated third baseman as well. If he even still plays third base. I don't, he might be he their left fielder him. now that, uh, that Ozuna's gone. That Ozuna is – I think he's still gone. I don't know if, they're, I, if the uh, Players Association will negotiate something to bring him back, but even if they don't, um, Austin Riley, still an ex- extremely good hitter, uh, can do a lot of things, can probably play a lot of positions. Um, maybe similar to uh, Chris Bryant, which, I mean, hey, if Chris Bryant ends up signing with the Mets, that's not great. Uh, which is a pretty good segue into my uh, second place team, which is the New York Mets. Unless you guys have anything else to add with the uh, defending champion Atlanta Braves, piggyback real quick if you don't mind. I think I completely agree with you. I think the Braves are a powerhouse and they are going to steamroll the NL East. And last year, they kind of just got going late. You know what I mean? I think it was kind of freaky right. by the fact that they didn't dominate. But just comparing the Braves to the Phillies and it pains me as a Phillies fan, it's how you build an organization. You know what I mean? I mean, their farm system is loaded. They have still really good pitching behind them, and like AAA and AA coming up. They draft college pitchers. Guys, how many times do we need to say it? Those people come in and they make an impact. Um, Yeah, completely agree with what you're saying. I didn't even – who's the one pitcher that they're going to get back from the Achilles? It's not Freed, is it? I forget his name. It's – Oh, is that the Wake Forest guy? Wake it might be. Uh, guy? No, what's oh, the, no, I can't no, think no. His it's name. Um, Soroka or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's ooh, yeah, like Soroka. Soroka. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so they're going to get their ace back. They still have Freed. They still have Ian Anderson. Uh, so that's a really good one, two, three punch right there. Charlie Morton. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a – Christ. That's a stupid good rotation. I would say it's best in baseball, but the Mets, I don't even know if it's the best in the division now. I, the Mets don't really have much there behind um, DeGrom and Scherzer, and I know they have that third guy. I'm blanking on his name too. But, I mean, for the Phillies, it's they probably have the third best rotation in, base, in the NL East. Um but anyway, back to the Mets. Uh, their durability is always a question. Um, DeGrom was having – actually, like I think 
maybe even a record-setting year. He had like a mm-hmm. 1.08 ERA. Not sure if my math is exactly correct, but uh, getting him back is going to be a big plus. Bringing in Scherzer is an amazing move. Um, I'm interesting to see how Buck Showalter manages, though, because he hasn't managed a team since the Orioles. And he hasn't managed in the playoffs since close to maybe 2014, I want to say. It was 2014. Um, yeah, so he hasn't managed in two years. Uh, he hasn't managed in the playoffs in eight years. Uh, you're banking on one to two healthy seasons from Scherzer and DeGrom. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because it could it could be a boom or bust kind of thing. Um, if Scherzer has if Scherzer shows his age, probably not going to. Uh, but if he does, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, Degrom, I he he's probably going to be healthy. He's probably going to be dominant again for the first two months, at least, uh, and then we'll see where he goes from there. But I have them at second because I think that they're pitching and offense. Like they're they're kind of like the Phillies, they're an extremely top heavy team. I think if they can maintain like pretty decent position throughout the first couple months of the season and be in pretty good position come the trade deadline, I can see them adding another arm or two, uh, probably another bat. I think Lindor is gonna have a better year. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to bring back Conforto or not, based on what they've shown so far in free agency. Uh, probably not. They already signed Marte, so I doubt that they would consider bringing him back. So, I don't know. I think he'll get a one-year deal somewhere. Um, but that's where I have the Mets. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'll add just really quickly. I think the Mets are really good, and they had a down year last year. Two things. I think they're in a similar, like you said, boom and bust situation as the Phillies. You know, there's not a lot behind them, right? So it's these couple of years of contention, and that's it. And you're hoping to kind of eke the most out of it. And you've got a really aging core, especially with bringing Scherzer along. So what they've done is they've gone and spent, 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 right? And they bring in every agent. They overpaid Max Scherzer, but that's what they had to do. It probably will work out at least for this year. And it's the kind of thing you need to do if you want to be in true contention. I don't know if John Middleton really wants the team to be in true contention. So that's kind of that side of it. And then I think the Buck Walter thing is interesting because he's been known to kind of have an iron fist and roll like a locker room with an iron fist. And is that what the Mets need? You know, you saw last year with their fan disputes and they're kind of just falling apart at the seams. It'll be interesting to see if that kind of strong presence uh, helps them. And I agree with you. I think the New York Mets are in an aging corpse of their entire franchise. Their whole franchise as a whole is just a complete trash. I, I don't know, I'll be honest. Like, as I'm really am scared about that pitching core. I think Scherzer is going to be really tougher on us. Like, when you have to go against the Grom and then Scherzer, I'm sorry. That's you can't you can't tell them. Like, even with Scherzer, Scherzer being old, like that's just not going to be good for us. Like, that back to that's that back to back punch is going to be like round one, round two, KO. Like that's that would be terrible for us. I think Scherzer might be a little bit on the down end of his career. I'm not saying he's going to be completely though. I think that was but Scherzer's down end is like, uh, like any other pitcher's. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, bro. Like, I can't say enough about, like, how Scherzer was the best pickup for them and that they could really be nasty. Um, But I just wanted to ask, so what do you think uh, the Nationals are going to be placed? Because I, I, I just want to know. I have the Nationals at the bottom. You think the Marlins are going to be better than the Nationals? I do. I think. Really? Yeah, I think. Um, obviously, I have the Phyllis third. But if we're going to talk about the Marlins, they're starting to. I don't know if they're starting to really come together and going to win games yet, but I think they're going to win more games than the Nationals, and that is the sole reason why I have them fourth and the Nationals fifth. I think the Nationals are just – Yeah, they're – The Nats, honestly, I could see them moving Josh Bell this winter. Yeah. If there wasn't a lockout, I could have seen them moving Josh Bell. Um, I could also see them looking to move Corbin – uh, and if they're really, really bad in the first half of the year, I could see them taking calls on on uh, Strasburg because why not? If they're going to rebuild, then, like, why not just rebuild the right way? You have the stud catcher you got in the Scherzer deal. Uh, Kyber Ruiz, I think is his name. Um, so you have your catcher of the future. You have a couple good pitchers in the system coming up. Like, start to – Start to just collect prospects, as many as you can. Uh, Numbers-wise, some of them are going to hit. Some of them aren't. Um, but they are starting to run out of guys to run out of guys to trade, uh, mostly because they traded at everyone at this deadline that we just had. Um, but going back to the Marlins, I think they have good pitchers. I know – they extended Alcantara or Alcantara, however you say his name. Um, they brought in Jacob Stallings from Pittsburgh. He's a good catcher. I think he's really underrated. And the only reason that he was slightly undervalued was because he played in Pittsburgh. And mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's not a good team at all right now. Um, so I think he'll be good. They still have Brian Anderson. Um, so they, they've got – a pretty decent lineup. They're in the mix for Castellanos. He's a Miami native. Could definitely see him going there. Um, just overall, I think they're a team on the rise. They're rebuilding the right way. Uh, Jeter's got some deep pockets to be able to go out and get some free agents other than Castellanos. Um, and I think definitely, probably not this year, but definitely next year, if they can go out and maybe get another starter, get another two starters, or get some more bats. I think that they could be a wild card team to watch in 2023. But, uh, I mean, what do you guys think about the Marlins or the Nats? I actually think the I, Nationals will be number four. I actually think the Nationals are going to be so much better than the Marlins. I just – I think they have a better core with Juwan Soto. I feel like they can easily win games with just Juwan Soto, just – in the Mac, but I'm not saying a Juwan lot. Soto. I said, did, uh, did I say it wrong? Because I'm sorry. I've been Juan. I Juan. It's oh my god. Because you know what? I'm a. I'm like reading Jawan Howard on my Twitter right now. Because oh, okay, like he just I came up on my you. feed. I'm so sorry about that. That was embarrassing. It'd be fun though, Jawan Soto. Jawan Soto. That is that would be actually be a sick name. But Juan Soto, he's just a fire player, and I think he'll win them like one or two games off walk offs. 
which could actually beat the Marlins. I that's my opinion. I think only because of Juan Soto, but it's I completely agree with you on the other stuff. It's like the Nationals really do need the rebuild. I think it's interesting looking at the Nationals. It was a tale of literally two different teams last year, before and after the trade deadline, and they really underachieved. I thought, and they had not a bad core by any means. And then you saw them after the trade deadline and we were able to beat up on them a little bit. And it was just a completely different team. And it was like, what is going on here? Um, so I wonder how they'll respond. I wonder if those young guys can come up and be plucky. I, I'd agree with, uh, with Connor. I'm not sure they're as good as the Marlins, but either team could fall or rise in my opinion. And so does a superstar and you need to build around him. And Kyber Ruiz is good. And they have some good pieces. It's just interesting to see where they go. I think the Marlins are awfully tough, and they're always a tough out for the Phillies. I think, you know, they have our Sixto Sanchez, who's a good prospect for a long time. They have Judge, Jazz Chisholm, who's coming into the zone. And I think they're a tough kind of like a tough out. You know, you don't want to have to go play the Marlins. Um, but, yeah. Right. And I didn't even – obviously, it's a really long way away, but the Nationals just brought in Juan Soto's brother. That, oh, which I is great about news that. for the Phillies. Yeah, um, he's going to be even better, probably. No, but it'll be fun in like 10 years to be able to watch Harper, Soto, and the other Soto play uh, <laughs> play the Phillies outfield. <laughs> yeah. Probably have close to 90 million invested in that outfield alone. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I kind of skipped over the Phillies, who I do have in third. But I mean, you guys know it's. It's the Phillies are maybe the most top heavy team in the in the majors. Um, they still have a few young guys. Um, I don't know if you would call Eflin a young guy anymore. Um, but for sure, there's still Stott, who I would love to see take the opening day shortstop position whenever opening day is. Uh, Boom, if he can figure it out again. He doesn't have to get back to his rookie year, but if he can get back to just being a serviceable hitter and if there is a DH in the National League, just plug him over at first base. Um, then maybe let Nick Maton run around at third base for a little bit or whoever else you can bring in um, for client maybe. Um, but I think they still need to go get a backup catcher I don't know if they believe in Marshawn enough to play him more because they seem to always want to call him up and then send him down in the same day. Um, maybe that Logan O'Hop kid could, uh, could do it. Uh, maybe they platoon the backup catcher spot, which in my opinion doesn't make sense, but neither does a lot of the things that the Phillies do. Um and they need the young outfielders to really develop. They need to start hitting on those guys. I think Moniak and Hazley and Vierling, they two of those three have to show something this year because maybe not Vierling, but if Moniak and Hazley, like if they're another year in the minors, then I think it's safe to say that it's kind of a wasted pick for both of them because they already let uh, Cornelius Randolph go. He was the first pick back in – 2017, I believe. Um, I don't, I don't know if he got above Double A, which is pretty bad. Um, 
but they they got to start hitting on these young outfielders. And they DFA'd Adonis Medina. Not not a great move, in my opinion. They don't have anyone in the bullpen. I would have threw him in the bullpen and see how he did. Um, yeah. But even though I have the Phillies third, I do still have them as a playoff team. Wild card if, team. Yeah, a wild card mm-hmm. team. I have the Braves, Mets, and Phillies all making the playoffs from the East. And then, obviously, the Dodgers and Giants will make it yeah. from the West. I can see the Padres sneaking into and the Cardinals from the Central. Because like this is – yeah, I think it's assuming – it's assuming that there's going to be expanded playoffs, um, NFL-style playoffs where, sure hope so. like, the one seed, which, in my opinion, would be the Braves. Um, the Braves would get the bye, and then you would have, like, Dodgers-Phillies, Mets-Giants, and then Padres-Cardinals if you want to go series or you could do, like, single elimination wild card games, which I think is more fun personally. Um but again, going back to the Mets, if they in a wild card game, they're going to win because they have the Grom and then they have Scherzer in the bullpen, or they have Scherzer and they have the Grom in the bullpen. It's and also those guys could probably pitch more than nine innings if you needed them to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, like, what are your what are your guys' thoughts on the East and if you have predictions, what they're like. Sure. Um, I guess I'll piggyback off of that just because of time and going with the Phillies. I, I agree. I don't think the Phillies are going to win the division. I think they have a shot at getting into the wild card and being sneaky good. But um, essentially, they're a bullpen away. They're, which they're a bullpen away. Four years. Exactly. And uh, I guess I'll get into that now. So much of this team is kind of built on hope and on speculation, right? Because you've missed on so many first round picks. You've you know, admit it to it now. You've missed on Moniac and you missed on Hazel, which really stinks. Um, and you're hoping that people can step up. You're hoping that Alec Bone can step up. You're hoping that Bryson Stott can fill a hole. You're hoping that Reese Hoskins comes back healthy and that Zach Eflin doesn't take too long coming back from his knee surgery. So it kind of brings me to the point of Corey Nebel. Is that how you say it, I think? Knebel. Knebel. Um and so when we signed him, you know, our only real big bullpen signing, one year, $10 million, obviously he's good, right, signing him from the Dodgers. What Dave Dombrowski said is that we think he can close games. We think he can do this. We haven't promised it to him. And yeah, we, we think. It's not exactly a glowing endorsement, right? And I, you have to be guarded and he has to be guarded because it's such a stain on the Phillies, this awful bullpen but I think you have you can't promise anyone anything and you have to be guarded about it about Nebel I think he's good I don't think he's the answer necessarily because you're banking on success of a guy who's only pitched 39 innings in the regular season innings in the past three years obviously he did well in the playoffs this year and he is a Tommy John 2019 exactly hamstring injuries shoulder injuries and he is a two-pitch pitcher he throws a fastball and a curve and with the Dodgers, he really benefited from using the curve more. He started throwing it 42% of the time as opposed to like 25, 30 in his other seasons. And he was throwing it in a lot of fastball counts. And so, look, he was great, but he only pitched 25.2 regular season innings last year. So when you're doing this very unorthodox approach, 
you throw two pitches, is that going to work over 50 to 70 innings, which like you really need him for? That's kind of tricky in my mind. So I think that the Phillies definitely need to spend more and buy more. Um, but with their luxury tax you know, restrictions by John Middleton, I don't know how much that's going to happen. And then I think there's a larger issue underneath Nebel or Knievel. So say Knievel, best case scenario, takes a uh, closing job, right? Who's going to fall underneath them and solidify the role? Because three out of the top five guys who logged the most innings in the pen last year are gone. Ranger Suarez is the starter. Hector Neros is gone. Archie Bradley are gone. So that's 165 innings with a combined 3.02 ERA, you know, all leading up to the ninth. Are we going to say that Connor Brogdon is going to fill that role along with Kumarad and Alvarado, just those three dudes? Are they going to be productive? Are they going to stay healthy? Because they haven't proven that they can do well. All of them are talented. And I think they're all could totally be something. They've got high heat. They've got some of this stuff. All of them struggle with location. All of them struggle with injury. So it gets to this point of, okay, we're a bullpen away. We have Kniebel, who hopefully can fill that top spot. Are we going to devote good money to buying relievers? So you can look at the top, you know, remaining reliever free agents and Colin McHugh or Ryan Tapera, I think I'm saying his name right. And those guys are studs. Those guys might get 10, 12 million a year. You know, you kind of go down the list and say, hey, maybe a Joe Kelly who still has heat and still is good. You could sign him for six, seven a year. Maybe a Brad Hand just kind of needs a bounce back season. Um, it, it just, it's a boom or bust year for the Phillies, just like it is the Mets. So they don't really have much behind them. It's just, can we contend and how can we contend now? So, yeah, uh, it's like building a house without its foundation, kind of. Exactly. It's it's probably not going to stand. Um, they're they're a very very top heavy team, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you're banking on so many guys that have bounce back years and yeah. and stay healthy. Like Reese Hoskins has finished back to back years on the on the DL or the IL. Uh, it's and then you have Brad Miller playing the final 40 games of the season at first base. Brad Miller is a great bat to have off the bench, but it, him hitting 220, his slash line being 220, 260, like 350, it's yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not worth it. Yeah, it's really yeah. not. All right. So let's now go up with Dylan. You're up the bat. You mm are big on the bullpen right now, correct? You're big on, like, what we need to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I was saying, I think we just need to supplement Nebel. I would prefer if we got a, I want to say, real closer, and maybe if you pulled the strings on a premium prospect, Nick Abel or Andrew Painter, and you tried to trade with Fred Kimbrell and get someone who's actually, like, very much proven, because if you get a real proven closer, then underneath them, these guys can slot it and maybe fill up to fill to their potential. But until the Phillies aren't just a dumpster fire in the pen, that psychological trauma, if you will, of losing and losing out in the playoffs largely because of the bullpen is going to eat away at everything. And I think that's got to guys in the bullpen have to kind of feel that too. So it's how can we slot, you know, four to 6 million a year towards another proven arm in the bullpen. And is that a mid-level guy and can they actually, hit on this player because as you know we have a lot of other roster holes 
and maybe 30 million ish of cap space. I agree with you. I like, you know what? If we had like an average bullpen last year, we would have won 15 playoffs. of those games. Yeah, that would, we, yeah, not we even just playoffs. playoffs. Not, not even that. We would have actually won the NL East. We actually would have won the NL East last I year. I mean, 34 blown saves. You're probably right, right? yeah. Yeah, we would have won the NL East with just 15. We actually would have blown it away at 15. If we just had 10 games that were... Would have blown it blown, away. Yeah, exactly. Would have been close. Exactly. And we, the Middleton needs to actually fix the uh, farm system bullpen. It's been atrocious for the past 10 years. There's been no changes. And I'm sick and tired of going to see the, the Reading Phillies and Byron Picks. I went to Cutstown. I was always allowed to go there. They were looked phenomenal on the field. And then you see them go up in the MLB and you're like, what the hell is this? Like, it was like throwing. What happens when driveline controls your farm system? <laughs> exactly. There's like nothing. There was just nothing. Hey, a part this of guy the can throw 98. Doesn't matter where the ball is going. Give him a contract. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's how they do it. Anywhere. It's honestly, too, like, funny enough, that's kind of like the. Uh, the one movie, I forget what it's called. It had to do with them. It was a million dollar arm. If you guys remember, it was a game show. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was. Oh like, yeah, the, it was almost like the that. Guys in uh, where was it? India. The India. Yeah, India. The yeah. John Hamm yeah. movie. It was almost like throwers. It was almost like yeah. that, but instead of actually training them how to pitch, they just let them let them like that. It's completely terrible. Mm. And like, I don't know what the Phillies are gonna do, but if they don't. Oh, perfect cool. yes oh my gosh that is big for us <laughs> anyway oh, anyway thank you zoom thank you god if you don't know we're using zoom to record our meetings and let me just tell you it was it's 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 so hard to talk about a topic that we're so like in love with that we just want to bring out as much detail as possible and zoom makes you limited to 40 minutes but this is also brought to you by zoom it's one of the best say i could add you hey, no, free ads. no free ads <laughs> Yeah, no free ads. No free ads. Just forty minute limits. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We gotta cut that out. We gotta edit that out. It's a joke. (laughs) It's a joke. We gotta do it. Listen, listen. I'm just. (laughs) Oh, hold up. I gotta gotta, because that's the time. I'm just roasting. I'm just roasting Zoom for not letting people have unlimited time on their app, and the fact that they have to pay 150. That is just my opinion. I think that's kind of bullish, and I say bullish like. Like they're really trying to skyrocket their things. Like if you just legit make it in an hour, that would be okay. But 40 minutes, I'm sorry. But like with school and these kids these days, like classes don't go for just 40 minutes. That's very unfair. But I must agree with you back on that bullpen thing. I think the Phillies have not really done much for the bullpen already, even before the lockout, which we're going to be talking no, about later tonight. There, there's that not. one signing, right? There's the one signing and then there's some, not to cut you off, sorry, some minor league stuff and some waiver stuff. And it's just scary because when you when you're asking Coonrod and Alvarado and Brogdon to pick up the pieces of 165 innings, I mean, and Dominguez can't forget and about yeah, him. and Saran, yeah, Saranthi part so sorry, Saranthi, my favorite injured pitcher. Saranthi like, no innings good. in the last 35 years. Oh, Saranthi, I want to wait a year to get Tommy John. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but what what are we like? Hopefully, he'll be good. And hopefully, I, you know, I hadn't thought about that. So Anthony can come back and can contribute, but they're asking a lot of got from guys who haven't proven that they can give a lot. And I think it's time if we want to win, you have to get guys who have proven they can do that. Exactly. I, I completely agree with you. Like, 
And the fact that we lost Hector Neris, who was one of our best pitchers in the past 10 years, like that just shows like so an extremely team. affordable contract. A- extremely yeah. affordable contract. Yeah. What, what the hell was Middleton thinking? Like, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, we could have easily afforded that. We had so much money. Middleton just paid the luxury tax. I, I know we're, was it, I'm going was off it to eight the, a year. Was it like eight or nine? I could search it up. Uh, I think that's what it was. I think it was two years. Hector Neris, which makes it eight million. And it was yeah. just like, I mean, Hector put him at the eight, you know, don't have him close games. Dombrowski was like, that's more what we want to give to the setup, man. You gave freaking. What do you want to give to the setup, man? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's not that much money, dude. Like, it's, it's not that crazy. I mean, they gave Archie Bradley six mil last year, and he started. Oh, my like, like, God. When they he did closer by committee, he got a, he got a shot at it. it They're is... paying Alvarado maybe a million. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, no, he's on. He's on like the bare bones minimum. Yeah. No, I just I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's legit. Yeah. Two years for it's. I think it's three years for eight million dollars. But they also gets an option with that, meaning it would be seventeen million across the board. So eight million. So eight and a half annually. Yeah, eight and a half annually. Like that's that's absolute. I'm sorry, that's, that's bull. That's a joke. And the fact that Middleton for someone who wanted that. to stay in the organization too, like he's, he's a joke. He said that. Wants to get he this said trophy that. back. He's not really doing much about it. No, he's not. And that's am I? And I, I don't want to go too hard because like I don't want Middleton ever banning me from the ballpark because you don't know if people are going to be like that. I don't think he's as bad as a uh, Dan Snyder though. I think it'd so. be pretty cool to get banned from the ballpark. Oh no, you'd be I'm a legend. Infamous. You'd be a legend. Like you like. Th- like it, our podcast. I'd be like, what? Something. You don't want my forty dollars for your ticket? It's not like you're yeah. gonna spend it anyway. Actually, I think. Actually, I personally think that's a good price for sitting down below on right field. Like that's actually a really good price for a Phillies game. Like I, I actually thought it was a lot more when I first looked online, but like when I saw thirty eight dollars would be like in the row one of the outfield, I'm like, I'm sorry, that's you perfect. You can get them like not too bad if you look ahead. My little secret tactic is I always get it. But I like to be behind home plate and just up a bit. Maybe I'm trying to think of a section, probably in 300 something, but I always get it in. And I feel bad for saying this. If you get it in the dang handicap section, which isn't used, you know what I'm talking the about? Standing <laughs> rooms, yeah. Yeah, dude. And you get, they give you your little chair, room. and you, it's awesome. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't, you, they got that ledge, too, that you can lean on. Yeah, no, you get the ledge. It's a VIP thing. And it's not, we, it's not that it is. I actually did that this year with my friend Tom. The he's a, he's a, I did that with my friend Tom, and it was actually the best because, like, we got a perfect awesome. view. And all you had to do was, like, you, if you're old, I say, no, you can't do that. But, like, if you're young like us, like, hell, yeah, it's easy to do. Just squat down, get your legs uncramped up and stuff. Like, it's the perfect time to go to a ballpark, which I, I love that, like, Middleton did at least make that cheap. But who knows? if he What if he goes above the luxury tax and he actually raises the prices because, like, uh, that would be the stupidest thing ever. It's, it's. I wouldn't mind him he... raising prices if he actually spent yeah. the money. Oh, okay. Like you're going out, spending fifteen mil on a ten man bullpen, like that. Yeah. Come on. No, I agree with you. Like that's like, yeah. like he that. Whatever he wants, if the team's better. Sorry, Austin. Let me no. actually look up how much they spend on the bullpen. Yeah, but tell me about that. I'm going to. Are we gonna, do you guys want me to talk about the – no, which kind of is like weird with this podcast. you guys want us to talk about the Jeff Basin tweet that came out today? Sure, sure. All right. Let me just pull it up because for some reason the Twitter gods are like, ha, 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 screw you, Austin. 
screw you. But this tweet came out today at 11.15 on January the 11th, 2022. I keep forgetting where it's been. So this whole COVID has made me realize that 2022 was two years ago already. Like, that's crazy. But um, Jeff Passon tweeted out today that Major League Baseball and MLB Players Association plan to hold a bargaining session Thursday. Source tells ESPN. MLB is expected to make a core economics proposal at this session, which would be the first between the two sides since the league locked out the players on December 20, on December 2nd. Now, this isn't going to say like completely like the whole lockout's over. Like this is just kind of one part of the deal. But this is a very big step to actually play baseball. What I really personally believe is this is not going to go well because, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. meetings because this is the first meeting between both sides since that day, and I do not see this going well at all because these 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 associations do not get the idea of what the players want till the players actually start really telling them what they want. And for me, this will only be a bit of a jitter and jam towards them. Like there's going to be a lot of stuff said that's going to be really unsettling for the players and for the owners, which will cause like a bunch of backlash. It might even cause more resentment, which could in fact maybe withstand this whole lockout longer than what it could be. But I think that this might not, this is not going to go well. We'll not get our hopes up. I think this is just kind of going to be like setting the tone. It's going to be like a deal. It's like, all right, this is what we're going to give you. He's like, no, this is what we want. And just kind of mm-hmm. find the median. What do you guys think about it? I I agree. I think it's going to be pretty ugly. It's going to be like going back to get your clothes from the, you know, your ex's house, but you're still fighting about it. And just looking out and reading the little article in The Athletic here, you want to try and get something going by February, right? Because February 26th, spring training starts. Players need to report two to three weeks before that, you know, early February. And what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing is that neither side is really budging on much. So the NBA, for example, has had plenty of lockouts and they constantly are in the flux of, okay, if you get this, we will give that, right? A little negotiating type thing. I, I don't know if the players and the owners are going to be able to do that with each other, at least at first. I don't know if there's going to be that kind of flexibility or if they're just going to be incredibly stubborn and trying to take incredibly hard lines with each other. I think it will be a shame though, if we miss out on spring training, because personally I, I like going to spring training and I hope we get to have it. Yeah. So not to uh, go off topic, off topic at all, but mm-hmm. right now the Phillies, I'll give you guys an over under or no, I won't actually I lied. I'll let you guys guess what the Phillies are spending on their bullpen right now. Currently? Is the Knievel included? With Knievel, yep. What was Knievel's contract? It's under – it's one year 10. So I'd say it's under 16. (coughs) No, I don't – I think it's going to be under 20. I mean – I don't know. Well, if it's under 16, it does have to be under 20, Austin. You are right. <laughs> oh, I, that, that's stupid. Do you think it's, I, do you think it's over fifteen? I think it's over fifteen. Long. I think it's over fifteen. I there's no way we only pay fifteen million like for a bullpen. Annually, uh, a lot of those guys are on like near minor league deals. Okay, mm. let's let's say let's say eighteen million. I say your guys' final league. guess is eighteen. Yeah, yeah, I'll say eighteen. Twelve mil six hundred twenty-five thousand. No. Stop it. Twelve point six mil. You're joking. That's it. They oh. have <laughs> right now. They have K 
Knable, one year ten. Alvarado, one year one point nine. And then it's just like minor league minimum deals, right? Like Dominguez, Dominguez, one year seven twenty five k. Yeah, and then Coonrod and Brogdon both are not under contract. Um, oh no. And those are the only relief pitchers that are listed on the fan graphs roster. That's pathetic. That I didn't even know it was that bad. I never even I mean, thought to look at 12. that. 12.6 and 10 of that's devoted to one man. That's ashtray money. A little shout out to Mr. Portnoy. That's ashtray money. <laughs> you know what? I like, I, I'm going to be like completely honest. I kind of want this lockout more now because that's pathetic. I can't. Oh, no, you know what? Not even that. The Phillies need to just, like, get this lockout over as soon as possible to actually be like, yeah, we got to fix this. That's terrible. That's actually terrible. It is disgusting. If you take away the uh, Canable contract, it's not even $3 million. It's a joke. To a team that's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, supposed to. Um, But uh, getting back to you guys with to what you guys are talking about with the uh, with the lockout and the nego- negotiations and um, I don't know I just feel like the owners are so old fashioned and that they think they're kind of like the NFL owners how like maybe Steve Cohn could be a Jerry Jones like parallel where they think they have so much power because they have so much money um, and in reality like everyone knew this was coming back in back when like COVID first started and they couldn't get the season started. They couldn't agree on a freaking season. This like everyone was tweeting, Oh man, December, 2021 is not going to be good. So like they had time to, to, to figure something out and not even, they didn't even have to come to an agreement agreement. They just had to agree on parameters and then as they went, they can negotiate and agree to different deals. I mean, like they did it in 2020 when they brought in the DH, they made an adjustment. They could just do that again. I mean, I don't What's know if I'm missing something here. Or no. It doesn't feel like it could be this simple, but they've done it before. If they just agreed to like an outline, because at this rate, you're not going to have spring training. You're pushing spring training back into March. Assuming you have a an agreement by Valentine's Day, which is the middle of February, you're looking best-case scenario. Players get back into the facilities like a week later. You have – everything gets pushed back a week. And then, I mean, you're losing close it's to 10 to 20 right? games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the all the rainouts you're going to have. Like, I think the Mets played three games in their first week and a half last year because, like, it snowed. There's about five tornadoes. I mean, it's, like, at this rate, you're looking at maybe 130 games, 140 games. And that's just if. Like, best-case scenario, they do get a little bit of momentum and they can be get something figured out by mid-February. Um, Austin, what do you think? Yeah. I, I – I just two things too. I think like they are not going to figure it out. 
They really are. Not me either. But like yeah. they're like I I can't. I'm trying. I don't want to be like the like to be like selling a thing. Like oh, they're gonna figure it out, and this is how they're gonna do it. No, I'm sorry, they're not gonna figure. According it out. to sources, no, no, no. This is not. It's not. There's no. I have no hope for the bullpen as of right now, and it's scary because I decided to search it up quick, and a little off topic. The Phillies are actually tenth on payroll. So time. is that tenth in? Like, cap space, like from the, the bottom, yeah. Like, they're legit for their cap space for the bullpen, they're 10th in the MLB. Turns out, bullpen relief is you mean not their that payroll, big. yeah. Their whole payroll is only like t- like they're 10th in all of baseball for the bullpen payroll. Now, let me ask you know, just for fun because I can't, we have all this little time. What do you guys think the top five teams are for payrolls? And I think number one's easy. Well, in total Dodgers. payroll, we're in the top five. Yes, but for the bullpen. For the bullpen expenditures, are you going to look at maybe the Braves with Will Smith's contract? No, actually. I would say, so I would say Dodgers. No. Um, who? I just White Sox. White Sox have to be up there. They are. They're number two. The White Sox are number two. They're number two? They're number two. With Kimbrell and Hendricks. And, yes. Man, who would number one be? It's is it a uh, what league? Uh, it is the American League. Is it the Yankees? It's not the Astros. Yes, the Yankees. Now uh, the, the Astros okay. are actually fourth. Okay. If you want to know the top one, two, five, four. we have one, two, and four. Um, yeah, what are the top five? There are two guessing? more, and I'll give you a hint. They're both in the National League. Milwaukee? No. I was going to ask. Do you want a geography uh, guess for one? I'm terrible with geography. <laughs> well, I mean, like, all right, how about, like, the league? I'll say I had, I had a test. I had a test first day sophomore year in, uh, in high school, and it was uh-huh. just, like, a straight-up map of the world. <laughs> and we had to just put countries and name, like, lakes and oceans. I got a 34 on it. That's tough. There, it was 170 questions too. Oh, so I got like, oh, I don't know. I'm not a math guy either. Um, but uh, what are you saying? But no, um, the geography I'm gonna say is the NL West. Padres. Padres are number three, and um, number one is in our division. Number five is in our division. So we say that. The Mets, there they are. Number one is the New York Yankees with $43 million. The White Sox so are only, yeah. So oh, Chapman's a big contract. Then Chicago hmm. White Sox are $42 million. I really thought uh, the White Sox would have been more. They, they're only 1.4 less, if I'm reading that correct. But the disparity between the top five and us at 10 is incredible. I just want to, I'm just going to like use a calculator quick. Just to see if I was right with the numbers, it was um. What do you Your hand is still there too. Yeah, I know. I I can't. I don't know how to turn it off. I thought I I thought Same that way was you turn it on. Are we, are we oh, listed on number ten mm-hmm. with that twelve million? Oh, I put I that wrong. Twelve million is for this upcoming year. Is for it's this upcoming currently, year. yeah. Yeah. So last year is probably like I don't know. Then I want to thirteen say. mil. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, 
The Padres are 35 million. The Houston Astros are 30 million. And the Mets are 28. Which is kind of funny because, like, the Mets bullpen sucks. Sucks. So yeah. <laughs> that's a positive for Well, us. Edwin Diaz is there. That's a big contract. The weird thing, too, is for some reason the Cubs and the Cleveland Guardians have zero. I don't know what that's all about. They might not have any under contract right now. Yeah. Because wow, I, I literally can't name a single reliever in either of their bullpens. Yeah, well, I used to remember Kim. No, oh, Kim like, was uh, on the That's right. Yeah, Tapera got traded from the Cubs to the White That's Cubs. right. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was a crazy. That was yeah, a crazy all the Cubs trade. relievers just literally just the, moved yeah, to the other Chicago team. It's true. I wonder what that's like having two baseball teams in New City. Imagine if we had two teams. Yeah, it's not like we had one. That would be. <laughs> it wasn't like we had one before. <laughs> I used to have an uh, athletic Yeah, set. one of my buddies up at school, his dad's from New York. So I was like, I was kind of hoping he would be a Mets fan, just like rag on him all the time. He was mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I'm a Yankees fan, actually. I was like, oh. oh. The little people. So, like, line, every I, time I try to bring something up, he's like, 27 rings, bro. I, I hate the Yankees. I hate, I hate the Yankees. Literally, uh, I think they suck. They, I, I can't stand the Yankees, but uh, – my Nana, she was a diehard Yankees fan. She actually saw Joe DiMaggio's last game and Mickey Mantle's first ever game at Yankee Stadium back in the 50s. So, like, I don't have yeah, a hatred cool. towards the – yeah, I don't have a hatred towards the Yankees like others. Like, I have a hatred. I, I, I have more of a hatred towards the Mets. I can't stand the Mets more than the Yankees. I, I don't hate the Yankees. I hate Yankees fans. I can't stand the Yankees fans. They're the cockiest people I've ever met. They're honestly yeah, me just – I almost fought one when I was saying. Yeah, you almost fought one. Yeah. That's true. Like I every time I hear a Yankees play fan and they just are touting like, oh yeah, look at all the rings. I'm like, yeah, this is your pathetic. Forget about it. Oh, now this is actually another thing that came up. We're actually one point. Let's see. We're, wait, let me. Just, we're about. Yeah, we're exactly one million under the national average for bullpen. That was last year. No, this year because this is about this year. Last year, if you. I, I didn't think about last year. Let me see what it was like last year. So it's interesting. We're 1 million under the national average, but we are a top five in total payroll team. Yeah. And, and unlike the usual suspects for total payroll. Well, we're still Astros paying teams. Scott Kingery. Yeah. It's 4 true. million, right? And also last year, the Phillies were actually 17th ranked and they only had paid 7 million. And the national average for that was 12.3. So, Last year was a lot worse. This year, at least this year, they spent some money, but they need to spend a lot. Oh, we were also paying people. Andrew McCutcheon twenty million last year. Oh, yeah. what a bad contract! That was a bad. One. He actually wasn't that bad, though. I don't. I think people overreacted. <laughs> yeah, did, oh, <laughs> you guys remember when he got interviewed? Like right after he signed, he was like, "Why did you sign in Philadelphia?" And then his answer was like, "Did you see what they paid me?" <laughs> that was funny. Oh yeah. Also, uh, I, I didn't. I forgot all about this. Uh, before we end this, because I do got to do something tonight yeah. is Jim Jim Gardner's last 11 p.m. slot. After tonight, he will be retiring from Action News Six. He was the voice of Philadelphia for the past 40 years, and it's going to be really. Is he the sad. news guy? Yeah, the six ABC guy. I'm a six ABC yeah. guy. If you guys, I don't because I know yeah. some people listen to NBC Ten, CBS Three. I'm a more of a I'm more six ABC, but like. I just, it's a good. I just want to say uh, he was a good part of our childhood for like telling us about snow days and stuff. And uh, 
he's going to be missing the Philadelphia area. Yeah. All right. All right. Real quick, guys. I'm just totaling up the uh, amount the Phillies spent on their bullpen last year. Right now, I'm at a whopping 7.2 mil. On here, it says uh, he's at, yeah, from, 7 mil. 7 mil. This is from last year. Right now, I'm at uh, Ian Kennedy, who was on a $2 million contract, but the Phillies paid him 200K. Cool. Oh God, Ian Kennedy. He was I he wasn't every, he wasn't that bad though, I thought. You know, he filled in that role okay. Like he, he obviously um, didn't answer. You guys don't like him? Should I do you guys think I should count Christopher Sanchez and Adonis Medina? Yeah. 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 And the Phillies spent last year a total of $8,021,889 on their bullpen. That would have, on this, that would have just been the Kansas City Royals. That's terrible. That includes $5 million of that was the Hector Neris. $1 million was the Jose Alvarado. And Sir Anthony Dominguez, 6 just to rehab. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past. Jesus. It's, that was terrible. But I are you guys good with maybe calling it a night here? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah. So, uh, cool. Yeah, it was awesome to talk to you guys tonight. I really enjoyed the uh the conversations, especially about the NLE's prediction, the bullpen, and of course about how just how pathetic the, the money talk. is. Oh, dude, I can't, I just can't even, I can't even talk about it. Like, I'm going to be dumped out of the rest of the night. But I just want to say thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back next week with more topics. Hopefully, maybe we'll have this whole meeting with Deja Pass and Stockham out end with a positive outcome. Maybe we'll even have some news about signings in the Philadelphia's GM because obviously we're going to need some help. And I want, and I think that should be it. And the Eagles Ooh. will be playing in the divisional round. And go birds, of course. Hell yeah. Also, Zoom, about. Um, Zoom can email us about how they want to pay us for that uh, little advertisement. Yeah, um, the well, advertisement. No, they need to pay. They need to actually stop making us limited. Crypto or check or fine. Yeah, we will fix that next week, people, where we don't have to feel where we don't look stressed out about anything. Because I'm looking at the Zoom thing right now. I can't believe it's 125 a year to pay for that. Like, come on. You could, it could be so much cheaper. But all right, everyone, it was nice seeing you guys. Have a good night. Good talking to you, all right, boys. boys. See you. Go, birds. <laughs>